Patrick Johnson is with us now. Patrick is a longtime sports reporter with the Vancouver Sun and Province and was going to join us today to celebrate the induction of Bobby Lou, Roberto Luongo, and Henrik and Daniel Sedin into the National Hockey League Hall of Fame. But then since we've had a few breaking news stories and Patrick has written all about them in the paper, so we got a whack for you this morning. Patrick, hello and happy Canada Day weekend. Happy Canada Day weekend for you too, Sterling. Great to be here. Good to have you with us. Now, we'll talk about the Sedins and Bobby Lou in a minute, but we've got some news this morning that you broke yesterday afternoon. The Canucks have finally got a deal done with Brock Besser. Tell us more, please. I thought I had a chance to breathe out and relax. And After, of course, they'd announced that they'd re-signed Jack Rathbone and made some coaching changes. And there we were waiting. I was waiting calmly for Bruce Boudreau to call, but I was out of the blue. Yeah, they settled with with Brock Besser, and you know this is this I would say is a win for the team. If you're looking for for you know the, the who who comes out best ahead, um, Brock Besser loves Vancouver. Uh, you know, I talked to his agent earlier in the week. This was a place they wanted to stay. Right. I, you know, I, I think they 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 saw the number that was you know sort of his right that it was in his contract that uh, the Canucks. Uh, we're looking at possibly having to offer for next year, but uh, in the end, it seems that uh, the team kind of got what it wanted, wanted, which was that they wanted him at a, a figure that they felt was more fair, given uh, given who what they're paying to some of their other players, and also just trying to plan ahead. It was something. Uh, Patrick Alvin, the, the GM of the team, highlighted yesterday in his press conference. Yeah, and, and it was a, it was yeah. a sort of a hometown discount, which is yeah. appreciated because it gives them a little extra cap space. They were supposed to talk seven point five million, and exactly. Patrick, they ended up six point six five. So they've saved basically a million bucks a year over the next three years, which will be helpful in hiring new new staff. But also, it's nice. He's still a young player, and a lot yeah. of young players at his age are getting deals that go six, seven, eight years for mega bucks. So this is called. Called a bridge deal in sports speak. What does that mean? Well, basically, it means now that it's carrying him on to his his um, big payday, if you will. I mean, yeah, exact. Great point. I mean, a, a player of comparable age, Kevin Fiala, signed a big deal in in LA uh, earlier this week, and I think Besser, if if he had been coming off a, a big season, as I think he had hoped he would be, he certainly would have been in consideration for a deal like that. But of, of course, he had a really difficult year. His father was was very ill, and his since passed away, yeah, uh, and and you know he he had to battle through that, and it was very hard. And it was something I talked with Bruce Brudo about. And just said, you know, you know, like he he you know, he, he mentioned how his father had passed, but when he was coaching, but his father, you know, he was much older. His father was much older. You know, Brock, as he said, is in you know he's, he's twenty five, and um, you know he should still have many years left with his sure. dad. And it was just a difficult go. So it was a hard season, and you know there was a coaching change and. I got a sense that that he he wore that quite badly, or quite personally, I should say. Not badly is the wrong word. Personally, you know, he every player looks at a situation like that and will say, you know, this happened because I let my bosses down. I didn't play well enough, and and I think there was a sense that he was doubly hard on himself about that. I think people can understand, you know, losing a parent in such difficult circumstances, having to having to be far away from your father who is who's having a hard time, Mm -hmm. uh, can be very hard on anyone, and and so he he is hoping to rebound and have a big year next year. And, you know, he's got two more years and then, and then, you know, at that point he'll be a, allowed to be an unrestricted or he will be an unrestricted free agent. And he can kind of pick, uh, pick his future that way. He's got three years in front of him to really impress. And, 
uh, next year the Canucks are hopeful that uh, he, he takes a big step forward. Absolutely. Now, the other two to-dos in terms of signings in the short term are J.T. Miller and uh, Bo Horvat. Of those two, it seems, uh, at least the consensus across the hockey world, seems to be the Canucks are more interested in trading Miller than they are Horvat. Do you understand that to be the case? I think so, yeah. I mean, Horvat to me, pretty clearly, has they've, they've made a choice. This is our guy. This is the kind of person we want around. Um, Miller is a bit more complicated because he had such a, a strong season, obviously getting 99 points. He's got a year left on his contract, so they could keep him. But I, I think at this point, it's hard to see, unless they can convince him to do similar to what Besser did and, and take essentially less than he definitely could earn out right. there on the market, uh, you know, they're, they're going to have to make that difficult choice. And I think they're probably looking at, I mean, of course, I mean, Alvin admitted it that yesterday that, that they were getting calls. He said, of course, these are good players. You get calls on good players. So, you know, there are offers out there. Um, you know, I have the sense that Canucks themselves have, have tried a few different things. They've talked to a few different teams. I think uh, perhaps in a couple different instances, there's teams that, that have said actually no, uh, perhaps to some surprise. But uh, it is definitely one of those ones where you get the sense, unless, like I said, they can convince him to take a longer-term deal that's not going to pay him as much as he probably could get from another team. Uh, and, and stick around and, and try to help build something here. That, that they are cautious. They are also cautious with the term. And, yeah, uh, they, they don't want to go very long. They're gonna they're gonna have to be careful. He'll be thirty when his next contract starts. So you know, players tend to decline at that age. So it's a difficult situation. Indeed, it is. I just looked at the temperature. It's sixteen degrees. The date is July second. And because we're Canadian and thoroughly crazed, we are still talking hockey. Yeah. Uh, it's it's in the DNA, Patrick. What can I say? Uh, very quickly here, you did allude to some coaching changes, and that includes includes the former Chicago Blackhawks coach Jeremy Colleton being the new coach of the Abbotsford Canucks. Yeah, uh, you know the the Canucks made a couple changes. Brad Shaw, who's been the assistant coach, and I I talked to him late yesterday, and uh, the story's up online. Uh, when I talked to him, he you know he he I think he enjoyed his time here, but in the end, his family is back east, um, and and he has worked with John Tortorella in the past, and, and is, I, I think maybe the biggest fan of John Tortorella around the NHL, and was excited to go work with him again in Philadelphia. So there was an opening, and they brought in Mike Yeo, who has had head coaching experience, who was an assistant in Philly uh, before. Boudreau, Bruce Boudreau speaks very, very highly of him. Got to know him personally when he was coaching in Minnesota. Right. Um, yeah, and you know, yeah, Jeremy Colton, who I, I think is an interesting hire. Certainly, a guy that uh, you know he was coaching in in Chicago. Um, I think I think Chicago liked him, but I think there, I got the sense that he didn't necessarily. Um, have a whole lot of support behind the scenes and having a lineup that really made sense. It was, you know, obviously an aging team and, uh, you know, not, not a ton of prospects coming up, some interesting younger players, but not a, not a sort of cohesive approach. And, and it just didn't work for him in Chicago. So this is a bit of a chance, I think, to reset, learn a bit from, uh, from, from perhaps some more experienced coaches above him and, and uh, join an organization that's really trying to take that idea of developing development seriously um, there wasn't uh, there wasn't a whole lot of focus on that, despite what they talked about in the past. But certainly, the new regime is looking to Abbotsford to to find depth players and, and build them into NHLers. Absolutely, we'll have to wait to, until there's the ceremony is a little closer. We'll talk about Hank, Hank and Danny and uh, yeah. Bobby Lou because we're fresh out of time. And I'm always grateful for yours. And boy, did we put you to work this morning, Patrick <laughs> oh Johnson, Canucks reporter for the Vancouver Southern Province, with us. Have a great rest of the weekend, Patrick. And thanks so much for this this morning. You too, Sterling. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.